Welcome to this episode of the Jump Around with Blake Dudonis, my podcast on women's basketball. Joining me today, it's High Point University head coach Deonda Hendricks. Dee is uh, is a friend. Uh, she's someone I've known for a while. We used to coach against each other in the Big South Conference, and uh, someone I have a tremendous, tremendous amount of respect for. She's interesting. Uh, she's insightful. She she gets the big picture, uh, and I'm looking forward to having her on and talking to her about her story because she was a baller herself. I know she's gonna hate that I'm gonna focus on her so much, but that's exactly why I'm gonna do it. Uh, she's someone who really views bigger picture things. She talks to her teams about things going on. She just she approaches and handles things a little bit differently than I think a lot of coaches do. So uh, I'm really excited to to have her share some of those things with you all. She's been at High Point for seven seasons, has, has really done a good job, consistently has that program in the upper part of the Big South Conference. So we'll get her on the phone here in a minute, and we will be right back. This is The Jump Round. And welcome back to the Jump Around and joining me. It is High Point head coach, DeAndre Hendricks. Coach, I appreciate you, you joining me. Uh, I, I told people in the open, um, I, I love talking to all these interesting people from around the game, but it's, it's always a pleasure to have someone on that I, I can call a friend, and that's what you are, and I, I'm happy to have you here. So thanks for joining me today. No, thanks for having me. I'll be honest, I had a mama, I made it moment, <laughs> like when you reached out, so... I appreciate the opportunity. Uh, of course, I, I appreciate you you listening and, and, and being so supportive. And uh, now I'm going to uh, do something I know you're going to despise. I'm going to just go down your bona fide list and brag on you and make you talk about yourself. So this is going to be good. It's going to be fun for me. Yes, <laughs> you uh, you're a pretty good player. I, I think that's a, a fair thing to say. Uh, in high school and in college, uh, you you had a couple accolades to your name. Um, I am curious that when you're you're in high school, you're in Indiana, uh, you are getting all these accolades. When uh, when you go to the University of Richmond to play, um, what did you foresee your career being, and what did you see your post playing career being like? Man, um, I'll be honest with you. I think I knew I wanted to coach before I even knew I wanted to play. As crazy as that wow. sounds. Um, Coming from Indiana, you know, it's, it's a basketball state. It's the basketball state. I'll <laughs> argue anybody with that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, yeah, we sit around the, day, the dinner table and talk basketball, you know. And um, I wasn't the fastest. I wasn't the tallest. And so I knew having IQ was important. Um, and I wanted to know how to play the game and, you know, how to defeat my opponents. And so I knew I wanted to coach way before I knew I wanted to play. And, um, I was just fortunate enough you know, to have a pretty successful high school career with the help of a lot of great teammates um, and then found the University of Richmond. Uh, when you were a kid, what did you want to do when you grew up? Coach. <laughs> coach. Um, my mom coached. She sort of coached a lot of AAU programs. My uncle, who acted as this, you know, he was my dad. He was around us a ton, and um, he coached, you know, so it was just sort of a pipe, a pipeline, a bloodline of, of coaches and all my cousins played, so we had a lot of competitive Christmases and Thanksgivings. Um, so, yeah, basketball is in the blood, and that's what I want to do as coach for sure. Um, 
I believe you. I, I believe what you're telling me, but I also have um, some information that that we need to clear up then, uh, because oh, man. I've been told <laughs> I have been told that maybe okay, maybe you wanted to coach, but I've also been told that in part you wanted to be a globe trotter, and oh, man. I have been told that you used to make your sister charge neighborhood kids to watch you perform. <laughs> Please tell me that's true. Secure the bag. I can't. I can't hate that's on right. that at all. I respect the heck out of that. Good for you. Um, appreciate that. Oh, that's great. Oh man. All right. <laughs> so uh, moving forward. Uh, interesting uh, note. When you and I'm, so I'm going to kind of jump out of order here before I even get into you starting to be a head coach at um, at High Point. But the, just because this ties in, but you were inducted to the Howard County Hall of Fame. And yeah. you used to look up to a player who was a little bit older than you that was an Indiana All-Star. And now that player has a daughter who is coming to play for you <laughs> at High Point who looked up to you who was an Indiana All-Star. Can you just share that story and that tie-in? Because that's pretty remarkable. Yeah, no, it's actually a pretty cool story. So um, I was a part of the state championship team. We called ourselves the O3s. Um, we had six Division One basketball players on that team. Um, so when you think about a high school career, I give a lot of credit to those guys. But um, before us, our role models were that 92-93 team who also won the state title. And Tiffany Longworth, she went on to play at Penn State, um, had a really good career there. She was one of our role models. You know, so somebody that if she didn't do what she did, we didn't do what we did, you know, in 03. And so um, – cool story she ends up having a daughter <laughs> ends up being left-handed and um the whole town of Kokomo is claiming she's the next Deanna Hendricks because we play very much alike <laughs> and come to find out she's pretty good and so I recruit her um she got heavily recruited and we ended up snagging her at the end so she'll be here next year pretty cool that that that's that's some super small world stuff right there um, oh no doubt. Yeah. No doubt. Um, so let, now we'll now I'll backtrack and go to uh, you being named head coach at High Point. You were an assistant there, uh, and then Jen Hoover left and took the Wake Forest job, which is where she's at right now. So you get elevated up and end up getting the head coaching job. Um, what was there anything that was surprising about the job once you got it that? you were kind of like, ah, oh, wow, okay, maybe maybe you knew of what you would have to do, but was there ever a moment where you're like, wow, this is really different than what I was doing? Um, like, was it a surprise? Yeah, everything was a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> I was 26 years old um, with no BCS experience, with very little assistant experience. You know, I'd only been um, an assistant coach for three years. I was a GA for two. Um, my plan was to go with Jen Hoover over to wait, you know, as an assistant coach. I get called back here to interview. Um, obviously, anybody would take that experience. And yeah. So, like, yeah, I'll go through the, the interview process, sure. Not thinking I'd really get it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's a win-win for me. I get the interview experience, or I go to Wake Forest with a, a D1 assistant. So either one's fine. Um, but, you know, come to find out, I had a lot of people in my quarter, corner, Jen Hoover being one of them, and um, I get the job. So, yeah, I look at the contract, and uh, I'm in disbelief, and mm-hmm. I think it took me a full two years to even believe that I was going to coach at Highpoint University. Uh, so, so what is that when you get that call from from the AD of, hey, we're offering you the job? You were like, actually, like, really? You're, you're offering me the yeah. job? That's right. Can I call my mom? <laughs> like, oh no. <laughs> uh, He's like, yeah, you are 26. You're definitely 26. Oh, um, that's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I think um, obviously I give a lot of credit to Jen Hoover for bringing me along the ride. I didn't even know what High Point University was until, you know, she called me up to be an assistant for her here, Um, which cool story. I wouldn't even have gotten that call, but she recruited me out of high school when she was at Memphis, Hmm. Um, you know, and stayed in touch for a couple of years. And then she had a position open. So, um, yeah, I just think a lot of it was a whirlwind. I think um, my transparency through the interview process even was uh, I don't know, but I'll find out. Mm. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, I'll work really hard. I love these kids, and um, I can tell you that nobody's gonna love these kids harder than I will. And it worked, <laughs> you know. So I think um, I had to hire a pretty good staff to know what exactly all of this meant. But it, it by no means was me. It was definitely uh, the players I got, you know, handed over to me, as well as um, hiring a pretty experienced staff. Mm. Well, you, you've had success. So you've gone 122 and 91, but more importantly, especially at, at the level that you're at, you're 86 and 43 in conference, which is the number that really matters. You guys have been uh, finishing fourth or better every single year you've been there except one. Uh, but year two was really the big year. You guys go 22-11, 16-4 in conference. You win the regular season, but you, you don't make the tournament. You do go to the WNIT. Um, but then... In 2015-16, it was it was really the one down year you had. Um, you guys, yeah. you go 12 and 19. You finished 500 in the conference. That was the year you finished in sixth. I, I'm I wonder what was that year like because you have all that success early. Early things are going well, and then you have a little bit of a step back. Was was that a difficult year for you? Man, um, difficult to say the least. You know, I think um, looking back on all the years now, it was probably my favorite year. Um, being in it, it was very hard in a lot of ways. Uh, we had brought in six freshmen who were not used to losing, who came from winning programs, who had no idea what a rebuild was. And quite honestly, I didn't either. You know, I hadn't really been a part of what rebuilding is. And um, our freshmen had to play, so that's definitely what it what it was. Um, but a lot of learning, you know, a lot of growth. And I think my expectations were probably too tough and too high and, um, I just didn't know what it looked like, you know, and I don't know if anybody in our circle knew what it looked like. And so we sort of had to learn and grow together. Um, but the cool part is, is those freshmen are now seniors and, uh, they're a really special class, but 
looking back on it all, it's, it's probably been my favorite year just because it was it was so hurtful, it was so painful, and uh, but I grew a lot. Yeah, well, yeah, you guys are 19 and seven this year, 12 and three in conference. I was going to ask you, so you actually set it up perfectly, but uh, I imagine that year was a year of growth for you. How have you, and maybe not even just from that year, but just from your first couple of years as a head coach to now, in what ways have you grown and changed the most? Man, um, I'll say I believe I do more by doing less. Um, I think the egotistical part of us all say that we have to be involved in everything as head coaches. You know, it's you want to be the recruiter and you want to do the X's and O's and do all the skill development and you feel like you have to be everywhere all the time. Um, I've learned I don't have to be. You know, I've learned that I have a really talented staff that I let do their thing. You know, I have Coach Carney, who's my associate head coach, who has literally taken over all defensive responsibilities. So I'm able to look at just one side of the ball and get our offense right. You know, I have a, a very young, talented coach in Coach John who – does all our skill development for me. I have let Jenna Burkett, who's been with me now six years, do all our recruiting. You know, and so I'm trying to really be um, laser focused in what what I am doing. But I think the biggest part of my growth has been um, relinquishing myself to those responsibilities and delegating, and hiring a really talented staff, and then recruiting really talented kids that are also you know really upstanding individuals. Um, so yeah, I feel like there's days where. I should be doing more, but I've learned, you know, sometimes I get in the way. Yeah. Uh, normally I, I ask, especially at, at lower levels, just about the recruiting because it can be difficult. But if people don't know, High Point University in North Carolina is – it's stupid how nice that campus is. Like, <laughs> it's dumb. And I know you get that all the time. But uh, even when I was coaching against you guys, you know, get a kid on the phone and be like, so what other schools are you talking to? And they'd be like, well, High Point. I'm like, all right, well, you enjoy your time at High Point. It was good talking to you. <laughs> uh, you're, but really, you guys have a pretty special and unique – uh, thing in High Point University. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. I mean, I think when you get on campus, it's beautiful. Um, it sells itself, you know, but I still think there's, people don't know about us. I call us the, the hidden gem of the South because people just don't know who we are and where we are and, and what we're about here. Mm. Um, but if we're able to get some kids on campus and some families on campus, then we have a pretty good shot. Yeah. Um, one thing about your program that I mentioned in uh, the lead up before getting you on the phone was uh, you kind of approach things differently. Uh, I spoke with you uh, on an article I wrote a couple years ago, and you, you told me about uh, world changers, something that you do with your team. But uh, I know that you're everyone talks about it's more than basketball, but you actively are putting your kids in positions and in front of speakers and doing things that are way outside of basketball uh, I just wonder if yeah. you'd be willing to share some of those things with me. Yeah, I think um, World Changers will cover a lot of it. Um, we do what we call World Changer sessions once once a month. Um, I'll be honest with you, I go into, I still, even from the last time I talked to you, go into every session nervous hmm. um, because, you know, it could go anyway. It's just there are controversial um, issues that we're talking about. You know, we talk about everything from race relations to gender inequalities, um, I mean, just, just about anything. And a lot of times that, that stems from our student-athletes bringing stuff to the table. Um, but they're very, very candid, very open conversations. The whole point of it is, you know, who are we in this world and how can we navigate, you know, and, and what does that look like and what are some challenges that we might come across and what are some opportunities that we need to take hold of. Um, so I think 
having a really diverse team is, is something that we consider when we're recruiting kids. Like we want to be as like, diverse as we can be because I think when you bring people from different worlds, obviously that's the greatest opportunity for growth. Um, so we try to, to see where they're coming, coming from, meet them where they are, and then put us all in a room once a month. Sometimes we'll bring speakers in. Other times it's just us. Um, but it's been a really, really cool thing just to be a part of where our coaching staff, it's not just we're trying to, you know, change their minds or, or have them believe what we believe. That, that's not the point of it. They're teaching us probably more than we could ever teach them. But it's just posing questions, you know, like, what do you guys think about this? Hey, what are the, the challenges in that? And they talk, you know. So a lot of it's like mock interviews. I mean, we've done everything from um, – research and articles to mock interviews to acting like we're in the airport and, and coming across different type of people and what's our initial reaction of, of what they look like, their appearance, um, and how we judge them based on their appearance. So it's a really, really cool thing that we do once a month. That is cool. What, um, has, has anything gone sideways? Uh, you say you're nervous about it going sideways. Has, has <laughs> it gone sideways before? Um, I mean, I think it, we let it. Um, I'll okay. be honest with you. I, I think okay. we let it when it does go. You know, there's definitely, I mean, you only say, see things from your lens, right? From yep. your perspective. Yep. Um, so to try to change somebody's perspective is, is a difficult thing to do. And so our kids go back and forth and, and we let it, you know, we let it be because at the end of the day, when you walk out of that room and you come across people with different perspectives, it, you're not trying to shut down their perspective. You're trying to open your lens, you know, and create a new one. And so, um, I think at the end of it all, I try to bring us back to center and say, uh, you're going to be who you are in this world. I'm going to be who I am in this world. But the whole point is for all of us to try to instill love, faith, and hope. Yeah. And how can we do that and take um, you know, take the, the demographics off and um, just see us for who we are and, and, and love one another. Yeah. Uh, well, someone who's instilled those type of things uh, in you, I have to imagine, is your mom. And she was inducted uh, into the Hall of Fame at Truett McConnell. And you actually skipped uh, the first game to go surprise her at that Hall of Fame ceremony, right? <laughs> I did. I did. My mom's everything to me. Um, she is my superhuman, um, a superhero, I guess. But, yeah, I did. Um, she thought the game got canceled <laughs> because I would have never missed the game. <laughs> and so the first five minutes, she was very confused of why the game got canceled. So it took me a little bit. <laughs> to get her to understand what was going on. But, um, yeah, I mean, my mom was an All-American. She won a national title. I mean, she was it. Um, So I wanted to see that. And her whole team got inducted into the Hall of Fame, so I wanted to see her with her people. And um, really, really cool experience. Um, But furthermore, I think it gave our team ownership. You know, we're a senior-laden team this year, so I'm like, hey, y'all got it. You know, you, you don't need me. And so I gave them the opportunity to figure out that first game. And Coach Carney, who's been great for me as an associate head coach, it gave her the opportunity to, to lead us. And so um, there was no real uh, disadvantage or loss, you know, when I really thought about the whole situation. And it was definitely something I didn't want to miss. Yeah. Uh, and you guys won. So, you know, Coach Carney, Coach Carney gets some <laughs> bragging rights there. 100% winning percentage. That's that's nice for her as well, right? <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> uh, something else about you, uh, you are an early morning person. Um, yeah, I love the morning. Yeah, why? <laughs> I mean, why? <laughs> that's, that's excellent prime time. Excellent prime time. 
listen, this is the thing. How many people are up before 7? I get so much done before 7 o'clock. That's true. Because everybody else is sleeping. That's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah, no, I love the morning. Ah, uh, it's funny because people don't, I don't think people realize how, I mean, even you and I would, we discussed maybe doing this this morning, but we're, you're like, yeah, you know what? Something will come up. And it's so true in coaching, like inevitably, uh, I used to do the same thing. I'd be like, oh, I'm going to work on my scout this morning. It's going to be great. And then, <laughs> then it's noon and I have not even looked at my scout. So I totally, I totally feel you there. Um, it never worked. <laughs> You guys uh, mentioned it earlier, but you're you're 19 and seven. You're, you're 12 and three in conference. You guys are playing really well. You've won uh, four straight, and really, if you go back to towards the end of January, starting with that win at Campbell, uh, you've only lost one game in that entire gap, and it was to Radford, who was in first. Uh, why and how are you guys uh, playing so well, especially at this part of the season when it matters the most? Um. Yeah, I think uh, I just had lunch with one of my seniors and I sort of asked her the same question <laughs> you know <laughs> how are we how are we performing so well well right now what do you think and um I really think they've bought into I think everybody says it you know it's, it's one possession at a time it's one day at a time but they've bought into that you know and I, I don't know if one of our kids on our roster know the standings they don't know how many games we've really won like if you ask my record I don't know if they could tell you mm. um it's really really cool you know it's really cool because at the end of the day, I think, um, obviously, everybody wants to win a championship and everybody wants to have a good year. Um, but we've gone away from, I think, the biggest shift for us has been our language and our terminology um, as far as we really want to win. We have a, a huge desire to win, and, you know, there's this burning desire to win. Well, all of that doesn't change the process. So I think a lot of times our focus gets on we have to win this game and we really want to win this game. And you can want to all you want, but the process is a process. You still got to defend like the game plan says we need to defend. You still got to score like the game plan says we're going to score. And it's really back to get back to the plan. If we're going inside this game, it's not Emma Bobcraft, our player of the year. You got to take over the game. You're a guard. <laughs> know your role, mm-hmm. you know, and just take one game at a time and execute the plan. And um, let's do that literally one possession at a time. Yeah. Um, with. Uh, with your league, it's you've got to win the tournament, right, to go to the NCAA tournament. Um, that's something that uh, has eluded you so far uh, in your in your time at High Point. Uh, obviously, everyone wants to win the conference tournament and make the NCAA tournament. Yeah. But are, are you someone that that you haven't done it yet? Is that is that always driving you a little crazy, or are you someone that tries to not think about it? abstract and all that it's like the timing is the timing whatever you know when it's the time it's the time um I think as a competitor obviously you want to win every game you know and you want to achieve the highest accomplishments and all of that but I also know that the universe flows like it should you know and the time will come when it will so um we're just really staying with the process yeah what what if and you know I always uh throw in trying to, to to dig deep here what if you, you coach the rest of your career and you, you keep you keep performing well, you have a good program, you're, you're doing good things for your kids, and you never make it. I mean, would, would that eat away at you once you retired? Man, um, really good question. Really good question. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I like to think that uh, I still have a ton to learn, you know, and a ton to give, and um, I want to do that. You know, like yeah. I feel like, I haven't been somebody that's given my all because I didn't know who I was in this coaching thing, you know, so I've really taken me a little bit longer to 
establish an identity um, to really know how I can give the most to these kids and give the most to my staff. And um, I think once I figure that piece out, everything else will take care of itself. So um, I just want to learn how to do that first, and everything else will be great. But um, I'm focused on that. Yeah. Um, you, you had a number of coaches that you've worked with for, played for throughout your career. Is there any one or two that kind of stick out as, as being um, really impactful for you, uh, even even above the rest of them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think um, Coach Boyle obviously recruited me at University of Richmond and um, showed me a whole new world, you know, just a Midwestern girl who hadn't seen much else. Uh, she convinced me to get on the plane and see the East Coast, and I haven't left since. So <laughs> <laughs> there's that. <laughs> Um, but Coach Boyle, she's she's amazing, man. She's uh she's been everything for me. But right along with her has been Coach Gatley out at Cal Berkeley. Um, I could probably go on and on about Coach Gatley, but I think I'm definitely undoubtedly who I am because I saw Coach Gatley be who she was, and she never deviated from who she was, um, just as a person and how much she cared and being completely genuine to who she was and true to her, and um. She's just, man, she's been so influential in so many ways, and there's still things that she'll do that I'll text her and say, you're pretty amazing, and I'm so grateful. Um, but I think those two, Coach Boyle and Coach Gottlieb, have probably been the most influential in my coaching career just by being um, genuine people who truly care about everyone around them and on top of it have really good basketball minds. So I got blessed to be around those two. Yeah. Um... Something else I need to discuss with you because I'm really interested oh, in this is no, it's okay. Um, I hear you. <laughs> you already know it's ridiculous. Um, I hear you're a big fan of a new air fryer that you got. Oh man! And I'm real. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm really good. My research department is top notch. Uh, I am really interested in this and had have had this discussion with my wife. I'm like, this looks pretty cool, and so now I need to hear your testimonial about this. Listen, remember when I was talking about my side hustles as a kid? <laughs> yes. Um, yes. I'm still side hustling, you know, with being an um, air fryer salesman because <laughs> clearly I've gotten everybody in that department to buy one. Um, no, the air fryer, every coach in America needs an air fryer because it is like... I don't even know how to explain it. It's like a glorified oven that will cook everything from fish to chicken in eight minutes. And it feels like and tastes like like it's been on the grill. So it has like, you know, the slightly burnt but like crispy yeah, feel. Yeah. I know you know what I'm talking about. I do know what I'm talking yeah. about. I'm trying to tell you, Blake, it's the best you can do. You can throw Brussels sprouts, broccoli, sweet potato, whatever you want in the air fryer in like five to eight minutes it's done and it's like you're a chef oh, man. what what kind do you have <laughs> I'm, on, I'm, I'm on amazon what what kind do you have <laughs> oh man i'm gonna have to get back to you on that right, i don't know. know i looked at like eight before i, I decided on one so okay yeah. I don't worry. I'll shoot you a text. Yeah, let me know because I, I, you know, I got an Amazon <laughs> gift card I got for Christmas. I've been sitting on it, and I think I think I might pull the trigger on this. And I'm trying to tell you, you'll thank me later. <laughs> People think I'm joking. I'm like dead serious. I got Amazon pulled up with air fryers. So this is good. Uh, um, uh, last thing, and I'll, I'll get you out of here on this. Um, with your team moving forward again, you, you've won nine of ten. You, you guys are playing really well, but ultimately, uh, what is it about uh, High Point about? Um, a Coach Hendricks run program 
uh, that you want people to, what do you, what do you want to resonate with people? What would you tell people like, Hey, this is what we're about. And this is what you're going to get if you watch us. Man. Um, I'll go with the followership concept concept. Uh, we've talked a lot about followership. So I say that because at high point, we're all in this together. And when I say this, it's everything from basketball to beyond basketball, but we're literally all in this together. So when people talk about player-driven teams, this is a player-driven team. You know, they, they teach me and coach me more than I can teach them and coach them. So, yes, of course, we give them the guidelines and we lay out the expectations and all that. And um, But at the end of the day, there's multiple huddles where I'm going to ask them what they want to run on offense. You know, there's multiple huddles where they're telling us what they feel comfortable in defensively. Um, everything down the line, you know, when we discipline kids, most time I'm pulling one or two kids in to ask them their opinion and trying to give them, you know, every perspective of what's taking place. And so I think we talk a lot about followership and the fact that um, remaining neutral in any situation is you're not being a leader or a follower and neutral is not good. And so we're all in this together and um, there's a lot of love and there's a lot of trust and there's a lot of care that come about. You know, when you're, you literally feel like you're in the battle together and, and trying to figure it out. So I think that's more than anything. I think um, with that, you see a lot of passion. You see a lot of genuine care and hype, you know, that come with each other's successes. Yeah. Um, and then you see a lot of encouragement that comes with each other's failures. So um, it makes for a really fun environment. Yeah. Well, it, it's been fun. Um coaching against you well not that fun for me uh probably fun for you you beat me a lot but no it's been fun watching you and your program grow uh over time and just knowing that your your heart into it so i i really am um i really am a big fan of, of you i think you know that um high point again 19 and 7 on the year 12 and 3 in the conference sitting in second place we'll play hampton this weekend we'll have one more home game against unc Asheville, and then wrap up the regular season on the road at Campbell but coach thank you so much for taking the time and, and sharing some of your story and your vision with me and thank you Blake I really appreciate the opportunity and of course I told you a thousand times but I really appreciate what you're doing for women's basketball well I really appreciate uh, Deanna Hendricks head coach at High Point for her and her time uh, D is a lot of fun and uh, that was a, a really enjoyable interview we'll look forward to see them compete for a big south championship this year Thank you for listening to The Jump Around, wherever you listen, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever else. If you listen on iTunes, if you could leave a rating and a review, that's really helpful for me. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, always, at Blake Dudonis. And until next time, this is The Jump Around.